0: This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio software helps agencies save time and money by turning the application and renewal process into digitally
1: enhanced online forms. Take all your applications, put them into one electronic form, send that electronic form to your client, and Indio software will populate back to all those applications.
0: Yeah, I'm going to add, um, I was just on the NetView income forum and somebody had asked a question about Indio and current user uh, wrote this back. I just copied it out. We are using Indio and absolutely love it. It's a way of automating, managing and streamlining the application process. Uh, so that's from an actual user. You can learn more about Indio and register for a one-on-one demo at www.useindio.com slash podcast. That's www.useindio.com slash podcast. Welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. Welcome to the next episode of the Digital Broker Podcast. I'm Steve Anderson, along with my co-host, Ryan Deeds. Uh, we are in the studio today, um, and always good to be in person with you instead of over the phone, which we've had to do the last couple of times. So, Absolutely, and it's a nice little chilly morning. Nice little chilly morning <laughs> in Nashville. Absolutely. Well, uh, today, uh, we want to talk about an experience actually both of us had just uh, recently a few weeks ago at a uh, a meeting, actually, that I've uh, facilitated for the last, I think, 13 years of uh, large brokers. Uh, it's called the Large Agents Roundtable. Uh, it's an invitation-only event for the very largest brokers, uh, you know, not all of them. We had, I think, 23 uh, organizations represented they get together we day and a half and just really talk about issues that are really more specific to the, the large brokers out there. So that's not what we're going to talk about, though. We're going to talk about where we were. We were actually meeting at um, one of the organizations, uh, their brand-new headquarters. And um, we were both pretty fascinated uh, with the, the building. So this is a new office building. They moved in uh, January of uh, this year, 2018. And uh, they built the building, designed the building themselves. It houses about, I think three hundred and twenty five, three hundred and fifty employees.
1: so obviously a large organization. But the building itself was pretty fascinating. that was wild. i mean when 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 I walked into it, even even the landscaping of it, right? I spent a little bit of time outside. And it was such, they have a fountain and a nice walking paths, you know, because instantly you can start to tell things about that, that culture, you know, they're about wellness. They're about, you know, getting folks out there. So that was my impression as we came to the building. And then once you come into the building, you could have been in a startup. You know, you look around, they had these motivational um, sayings kind of ingrained, not like posters, but things that they actually ingrained kind of into the furniture and the rugs and different areas. And, you know, this multi-tiered system with uh, transparent windows and it just it, – it didn't feel like an insurance agency. I would have never in a million years if you dropped me in there and said, what kind of business is this? The insurance agency would have been one of the last One businesses. of the last things. Yeah. So t- again, a typical op- insurance agent's office is probably –
0: you know, rented space in a big office building, perhaps, or even a local building, you know, for a smaller community, you know, but you have the receptionist, you have the door. Um, it, it's a small area. It feels very closed in. And then you, you walk back uh, into the
1: office and there are cubicles and second-class citizens right away almost, right? Cause yep. you have your, your, your producers on the outside in a lot of cases. Then you have your account managers on the inside, right? And so, just by the very nature of going in there, you start to create a, a, a class differentiation almost in most organizations. Mm-hmm. This one, I had no idea. I, yeah, I couldn't determine wh- who was where and what was happening. And I, I thought that was a really neat thing.
0: Yeah, I think it is too. And you know, the the whole idea here is, you know, how does physical space actually support organizational culture? And, you know, I've been doing a lot of reading around kind of culture and how organizations create culture. And part of the conclusion I'm coming to is that corporations actually don't create culture. Culture grows out of what happens in the corporation. And so physical space is a big piece of, you know, how the organization views its employees and the the culture that's there. And, and we haven't even mentioned yet the most unusual aspect of this particular office.
1: The, the bar. The bar. <laughs> well, I mean, I and I think when you think about, this was a purposeful decision that this... Cor- and, and this is
0: not a small little conference room area. No. This was like a full... Wine what, chiller. 15, 20-foot table, yeah. wine chiller, a beer on tap. Absolutely. Um, and... and Actually, there was a mixed reaction in the in the group. I mean, I talked to one individual who was like, "You know what? What kind of culture are they saying by having a bar here?" And the you know, what about liability? And what about you know, people driving home? And what about you know? And and so, it, you know, it it was
1: very unique. It talks to trust, though, right? It talks to it trust. It talks to trust
0: that we are adults. Yeah, we know how to handle these kinds of things, and we're
1: going to trust our employees. I mean. I just think an operations team sat around the table and somebody said, hey, how do you want the office? And they came up with this. This this was a magnificent use of of resources that will, I think, define that organization long term. Long term. Another comment. So, again, you walk in the front
0: door and, you know, big receptionist Mm -hmm. desk. Security
1: gates that were there. And
0: security gates. So badge entry that opens the gate. So protection Mm -hmm. for, you know. Active shooter, or you know, any of those kinds of things. So again, well thought out. But the you look ahead, and it's was it two or three stories, and I can't even remember now. There was
1: two that I saw there, but it was just a gigantic like uh, it was an open
0: open atrium, right? Right. And again, another comment was the the founder of this particular well known very large brokerage uh, person said. He would never go for this because it's a waste of space. Right. Right. What are we paying for? And that's sort of the mindset that's been in the past. And my question is, one, does that need to change? And if so, how? How? And
1: we've talked a lot about, you know, hiring younger people. Right. And, you know, you looked around that organization, they had a lot of younger people there. That's exactly what I think. I mean, I think when somebody comes into that office verse for an interview or to have a discussion about the future, I saw them actually interviewing an individual sitting on the table, they were having coffee, they were chatting together. And if I was that person being interviewed... I'm like, this place is cool. What a, what a great team. What? I want to be a part of this. Um, that's how I felt just by being a visitor. I was like, sign me up. This is awesome. So in that atrium, they had uh, a kitchen
0: coffee area, mm-hmm. a big long table where, you know, maybe 20 or 25 people could sit at. And, and we found out that you can reserve that if mm-hmm. you have a meeting or a lunch or something like that. That's where we as a group had our lunch. And then you keep walking out the back. Now, the building's in a... a new area, I guess I would say Or a very open area So it's um, You walk out the back They had a couple grills And a patio And a, a nice little lake You know, back there And, and uh, it was too cold for
1: us To, to be out <laughs> right.
0: there But um,
1: But we could see the potential I You could see the, the potential spring And the summer And the early and fall I And mean. lunches Or, you know, gatherings afterwards In
0: fact, I noticed uh, One of the, the evenings We were there So we had our cocktail hour After the meeting Of course, this is insurance We had our cocktail hour or at the bar and and I noticed a group of employees just sitting around you know talking uh, socializing you know and you know it just it creates an environment that again is really interesting
1: but it's not I do think that you know that statement that yeah this is a lot of wasted space is one that is is rife throughout our organizations. Um, because there is the ROI on this is very hard to determine. It is, it, it's got to be, you know. Mm-hmm. But I would think that they would their ROI through employee onboarding and getting new hires of the millennial generation and Gen Z coming after them. Those will be long term impactful things that will, will put them ahead of organizations that that other folks are inter- that they are interviewing their people. Mm-hmm. You know, I was so impressed with. I, I just know ops teams and I know sitting around the table trying to figure all this stuff out the, i I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall because I'm sure there was some some old school old folks school in there tension right yeah. that's right mm-hmm. um and obviously i had not seen their old their old space yeah but well i have i was in their old space and I would say it was it was somewhat open uh, idea but not nearly like this space and and then they had they had you know when you looked up top they had pods that were glass enclosures, but everybody had their own desks. So mm-hmm. this is not just, you know, we get a lot of feedback today on is open space throughout the organization effective, you know, and so they, they kind of had the best of both worlds. They had a gigantic collaboration area because everybody does agree that relationships hold employees in place, mm-hmm. right? If I have great relationships with a bunch of my friends, I'm a lot more likely to stay and their, or, their how they crafted that space, made it very conducive to have, to build relationships in that area.
0: Yeah, it was very interesting. So uh, they did have a game room Mm -hmm. with ping pong tables and ski ball and, you know, various kinds of things like that. Um, Again, didn't notice a huge amount of use there when just a couple of days that we were there, but again, an interesting idea. And then um, took a bit of a tour around and saw different places. One of the things that I found really interesting is certainly, and I didn't see all areas, so uh, I'll speak specifically to their technology department area, all the walls uh, were whiteboard. Mm -hmm. And you could see they were, projects were down there, they were, you know, writing, they were brainstorming, they were, here's what we need to accomplish this week, here are the, you know, goals that we have, et cetera. And very
1: flexible, and you right. use that right as you were going through some of the issues the large agencies faced. You know, Steve would write up on the board, so everybody in the room would be able to look to the right and see that. See that on yeah. the left, they had three televisions that would emulate what was on the main screen, which was in front of them. So there was not any space within that those rooms that could that that you'd feel disengaged. Yeah, that you you couldn't use right. And so their training
0: space um, is actually three rooms that can be broken down into one single large room. Uh, we probably had, what, 30 maybe in uh, the,
1: the space we were in. So their presentation technology. hmm Pretty interesting. It is. And it's something that agencies deal with. I mean, when, if you're an agency today, I know you've had the conversation of, hey, our OSHA guy is going to give a class. We want to be able to record that for our remote employees. We want to be able to bring clients into that that aren't available to come on site. We want to be able to reuse that. And they invested in a solution to be able to solve that problem pretty cool in a, in a pretty cool way.
0: Yeah, they did. So, um, you know, kind of all of the. The podium and the connections, again, I'd love every every conceivable kind of connection that somebody might bring in was available, whether it was USB, um, I can't even think of it's all... Just a laptop, I mean, however... however Any laptop need. connection, you could just connect in. So that was, I would say, somewhat standard. Mm-hmm. They had uh, microphones in the ceiling, so you could connect, we actually had one presentation that was done remote through a Meeting, And uh, we conversed with him, uh, Ken, very easily with the microphones picking up the questions in the comments. He could hear, we could hear him and see his uh, his presentation again on the main screen and also on the TVs on the side. And then the I think what you were referring to was the uh, camera in the back. So back of the room had a camera uh, that could webcam, a little high, high, high I was going to say higher end, but that style. And part of what was interesting is there was a device uh, at the podium that you as a presenter would wear and the camera would move as you are moving. So in our small room not really necessary in the larger room if you have a presenter who's walking around. Then those people who are remote can actually follow the speaker uh, as well as see any um, presentation that, that might be uh, coming off of a, a And laptop. I think,
1: you know, and it's one of those things, that, again, it's hard to tie ROI to. But if you have – in most agencies, they're doing training of clients. And a lot of times they come into a standard training room with a projector on the front. Um, Somebody stands up there and gives a presentation. I don't know that that adds to the ability or or talks about the, the technical acumen of the organization, but anybody coming into that place as a client absolutely starts to understand who that company is that they're working with. I mean, the stuff that they've invested in, the technology that they're leveraging, they walk out of there and say, I'm glad that we're doing business with these guys. These guys are on, on top of it. On top of things. And, and the the thought process there I know
0: isn't, this is cool, let's do it. It's Let's actually make the technology fade away. That's right. Seamless. Seamless. Mm -hmm. And so you don't really see the technology, but you have a better experience Mm -hmm. there. So I guess the question I come back to is, how
1: could an agency or brokerage rethink their office? Well, it's interesting. Before I left Crichton, um, they were going through a process of re-architecting some of the inside of their stuff that they're going to work on in 2019, and there's all kinds of different ideas that they had, but it is a large project and it's a large, it's a lot of money mm-hmm. regardless of what you do there. So I think, you know, as you think through, if, if you're in an agency today, I would think about the message that you send through your space mm-hmm. is, and and it's weird because we, you will absolutely get this feedback from certain principals. If our space looks rich, when the client comes in, and they're doing business with us, they're like, now we understand where our money's going Mm -hmm. right? Right. And so you're going to have to have balance to that to some extent. Now, I didn't feel like it was in your face. Like you said, it was just part and parcel of it as organic, Mm -hmm. but it told a story about them. And so I think you have to have that discussion. Do we want to have the space that our employees come to, that our clients visit, that carriers are a part of when they leave? What do they want to – to? because I think a lot of cases they're going to think, oh, these guys are good penny pinchers. <laughs> right.
0: Well, and actually I think in this case, uh, if you look at the building, it, uh, I would not have cons- – I, I didn't even think of it in terms of looks rich. Actually, it looks a warehouse, mm-hmm. right? Exposed beams. And so it wasn't
1: – Opulent.
0: Opulent right. by any stretch of the imagination. But not it was it – Concrete was, floors. It was cool. It was very cool. It, you it know, kind of that – again, that – you know, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but kind of that vibe yeah, right like of like industrial just, chic. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, I mean and, and that is a thing now. Yeah, yeah, um sure. and um so yeah and I think they in their case they, they did balance that well and think through it. And part of what was interesting, so the the group took to a tour of the building and I actually noticed that they had notes to use the person taking them around in terms of explaining all of the reasons behind why we did this or that. Um, there was thought process in, into really everything in terms of how, how they named different rooms and why it's open, how they did desks, how they, you know, did the, the whiteboard areas. I mean, there was very much a conscious thought process that they went through and, you know, it took them a while. I'm Um, sure. You know, it took about, what, year and a half, I think, year plus to build the building and then some time before that to actually figure out what they wanted to
1: do and how how they wanted to do it. Well, there was an energy there that was palpable. You Mm -hmm. know, there was a training room back um, near a coffee machine and every time I went back there, there was another class in session. Yeah. So, so they just, it it felt college campusy. It felt like, Hey, we understand that our industry, it may be hard to attract certain, you know, this younger demographic that we need so much. And this is how they attacked it. Mm -hmm. And I think that it was a very purposeful kind of thing. Yeah. So I want to go back to this thought of, you know, okay, so what are
0: takeaways? What could an agency listening, how could they start thinking differently Without having to tear out their whole offices and, you know, put it back in or build a building or. Right? Well, they're always oh, going to have lease
1: renewals, right? You're right. always going to have to make a decision. Are we going to stay in the current place we are? And maybe it's a seven-year lease. But I think that it that starts with the question. What does our space say about us? Mm-hmm. For, for all the different visitors that we have, for the employees that live there, for the clients that come in, the carriers that, that are here. I mean, and what do we want it to say? Are we good with the message that we're sending? Mm-hmm. And if it, it, that, that's <clears throat> that internal dialogue that your team has to have.
0: Well, and I, and I want to bring up here too, we've talked in the past on prior episodes about remote workers. Mm-hmm. So if we have more remote workers, do we have less need for a physical office right. or does it change? Or can, can that space be freed up to do something else? Right. And I'm sort of intrigued with the idea of an agency actually creating a hub in their particular area for other businesses to come in and use their space. Mm -hmm. So many agencies have conference rooms that are used infrequently. Mm -hmm. Why not open your conference room to other businesses that need space or need a meeting? Why not have... And, and I, I, I feel like I'm seeing the banking industry start moving this way. I think a lot of industries are, right? There's... Why not have an open area where anybody can come in and use the Wi-Fi, kind of like a Starbucks? Right. Starbucks sells coffee. I guess it's good. I don't drink coffee, so I don't know. But they've created a culture around having a place to go. And could an agency start thinking along those lines, which – helps the community, which helps with branding, which helps getting their name out, which helps them understand maybe some new
1: startups that hadn't really thought about insurance yet? Is it going to be a you know huge revenue source? Maybe not. Well, does it change the energy in the organization? I mean, again, we're all fighting for employees today. Mm-hmm. And this is one of your weapons as an agency. And so I think that once you have that discussion about what does our... What does our space say about us? What do we want to say about it? To say about us? Then figuring out what's realistic for you in your timeline to can you make small incremental changes? Could you look at your training room today and say, you know, we want to make this cool. Let's just do that. You mm-hmm. know, um, that's how that's how we we approached it at and You know, we did the whiteboard thing. We, mm-hmm. Don't do chalk. <laughs> chalk is messy. <laughs> chalk is messy. Whiteboards are whiteboards are easier. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right.
0: that's I believe right. that. I believe that. Well, and it's and – it's, uh, for me, interesting. I, I heard uh, Tony Shea speak a couple of years ago, uh, founder of Zappos, uh, Las Vegas. Their actually headquarters is in downtown Las Vegas. And he talked very purposely about how they have set things up to facilitate collisions – is what the word mm-hmm. he used, between people. Sure. Because when people collide, not physically, but when they're in close proximity, they pass by each other. Employees, creativity. They, right. it, cre- creativity. Hey, what are you working on? Or, hey, I have this problem. Or, you know, all those kinds of things that for employees and, again, you know, for training. Why not have your training room for other than insurance right. training, right? To bring people into your sphere so they can, Uh, get a better picture for for who you
1: are. I think instantly when you'd walked into that organization, you knew that they spent some some well-allocated revenue to create an environment that was conducive to that. Mm -hmm. And if I'm an employee of that organization, do I feel better about my company that has helped me and has invested in that kind of space than a place that has a cubicle farm and producers on the outside of the windows?
0: Right. Yeah, and again, producers on the outside of the window, what's that communicating
1: exactly i, right? I mean you're, you're perpetuating the dual classes we,
0: we, we actually did something at the agency i was in in uh, texas uh, in the 90s uh, mid 90s where producers did have the outside windowed offices and there really was a i would say a change in philosophy that producers actually shouldn't have offices right because what are they supposed to be doing get your butt out there get your butt out there <laughs> that's get, exactly right so selling. they we took those offices and cut them in half. Right. And then created kind of in the offices, you know, producer cubicles, if you would call it that. We still had the window, still had some of that, but it was it, it was thinking through, does a producer need a big office? Sure. Um, maybe, maybe not. Again, I could, that's not a blanket statement, but thinking through, again, what are you communicating and are you using the space that you're likely paying a lot for in the best way
1: possible? Absolutely.
0: Well, it was an interesting visit. As you can tell, uh, both Ryan and I were pretty fascinated by, uh, by being there and just really thinking through, okay, what does an office mean? Uh, is it something that really needs to be rethought and spend some time asking the question? Ryan said it well. What is your space communicating to your employees,
1: to your carrier representatives, to your prospects, and to your clients? And what do you want it to? What, and and, it, and what that, do you want it to? That's right. Is that the message that you want? Right. Yeah. And and maybe ask others. That's right. You right. Know. because I tell you, we we say we're different all the time, and that organization they don't they don't need to say it because no, they show it. They show it. Yeah. yeah very good. Well, with that,
0: we'll uh, we'll leave this episode. Uh, hopefully, you've gotten some ideas, or or just started thinking a little bit differently about uh, your office space and what that might look like as uh, we we move into a new era with new employees and new expectations. So, I'm Steve Anderson with Ryan Deeds, and uh, thanks for listening. Um, actually, I wanted to to share with you, we have uh, finally figured out a way to get feedback from you. I'm happy to announce for the first time that uh, we have created a LinkedIn group for the Digital Broker Podcast. And so that's going to be the place where we're going to ask you to go uh, for feedback, for comments, for questions about this episode or other episodes. Uh, Ryan and I will both be monitoring that and we'll be free uh, to uh, respond to your questions as much as we are able If you have an idea for another show or a topic you'd like us to talk about, um, go ahead and leave it there, and uh, we'll do our best to work that into our uh, show schedule. So really encourage you to go to LinkedIn, uh, search for The Digital Broker Podcast. It is a LinkedIn group, and go ahead and uh, request to uh, join the group, and we'll get that approved and uh, start a conversation. Uh, We both look forward to it. This has been another episode of the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds. Post your questions and comments at the Digital Broker Podcast's official LinkedIn group page. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review. This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio allows agencies to turn their application and renewal process into a fully digital, modern customer experience. The platform comes armed with a preloaded database of smart digital insurance forms and applications, an e-signature solution, auto-generated proposals, and secure document sharing. To learn more about Indio, go to www.useindio.com slash podcast. That's useindio.com slash podcast.